Carson Price for Monday, August 21st, 2023, coming to you from the Go-Go Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you're out by the airport, we suggest the Western Wall Center YVR gets rest, relaxation in those plush, heavenly beds. Matt Harris alongside Blake Price, Grace Asset and Switches, conducting things. This program, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group, where right now at Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey, Applewood Nissan Richmond. Try out the 23 Cash Guy from $76 weekly. My neighbor has one. It's a beautiful vehicle. The 23 Rogue from 99 weekly. The 23 Murano from 135 weekly because Blake Price. It is all good at Applewood. Bodog poll question today. Much to Farhan Lalji's chagrin. <laughs> We're talking Canucks. We're talking down the lineup with the Vancouver Canucks. On opening night, who will be the Canucks' third-pair defenseman on the right side? Ian Cole, Noah Juleson, Cole McWard, Tyler Myers. Vote at Sakaris and Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. And this one's for Farhan. Bodog line of the day. My Bears are the fourth choice to win the NFC North. And frankly, I think outside of Detroit, they're the second most likely. No bias here. Straight Nugs. facts on the value. Spitting straight facts. Chicago. Plus 375 to win the NFC North. Expected to be one of the uh, on your Bodog line <clears throat> best divisions in football. Bears had a Division II quarterback play the preseason game this weekend and look fantastic. So That's what they're going to call that division. Division, division two. two. Yeah. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> it might be. Seven and ten may win you that division. How was your weekend? Um, good. Quieter. We had uh, ambitious plans, but mm-hmm. the smoke sort of kept us inside. I got to say, it, um, and maybe it's a, a, I'm a little unaccustomed because I don't remember smoke last summer. We didn't have a lot no, of smoke. No, we didn't have a lot. It was two, two ago, right? Yeah. Three ago. But um, I found my eyes were irritable all weekend. Bit sneezy, and I also felt like I was tasting it a oh, little gosh, bit. It, and gross, like a film. Was it? F- Friday night work out mm. really bad? Or is it Saturday? One of the nights. Late was, Friday night, yeah. early Saturday morning. It was so, very campfire So we didn't um, we didn't do much. I had some uh, designs on going out yesterday, but I just I was not responding well to the outdoor conditions. We did get to Meow Fest. Sorry, what? Uh, Meow Fest? Didn't. Vancouver's largest cat exhibition and festival. <laughs> Wow. Did you not see my post? No, I did not. Oh. Your scratching post? <laughs> Very good, Blake. You're so funny. Um, no, oh I, as, as you I know, we are, we are cat owners. We are cat lovers. Yeah, I'm a cat owner. And so <laughs> we, it was at the Rocky Mountaineer Station yeah. on Terminal, and okay. uh, there was uh, an exhibit. We met uh, Snapple, who's got some Instagram and YouTube fame. Mm. He's a uh, disabled cat, but mm. with the help of a wheelchair, makes this. Oh, Snapple. Yeah, this rings a bell on social media, maybe. Yeah. 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 Got a photo of Snapple. I need to get this straight. Did you bring your cats on leashes no, to the events? No, no, oh, no, okay. no. It wasn't. No, you, you weren't supposed to. That I mean, would have been hectic. Some people might have. I don't know. I didn't see a lot of people walking cats, though. Uh, there was Do you walk like, your cat? No. Or no. we have indoor cats. Ah. Um, that's why you would walk it, though. Yeah, let That's them explore their natural habitat. They're quite fine looking through the window at all the birds and yeah. bugs. That's yeah. that's their limit. The great beyond is a world we don't ever want them to see because God knows. Don't they plan escapes? Having to bring the, no, they don't actually. They're ab- we were very worried about that because they're very fast. Our reflexes don't come close to comparing to their zooms. Uh, but we open the door and they realize that's a no go zone and they absolutely stay put. Ours is a ninja and constantly They're tries all ninjas. to. Yeah. They're all ninjas. <laughs> I came face to face with a rather large ninja last night coming <laughs> home from the Whitecaps game, pulled into the driveway and was on my way in and I heard a large rustling in the bush and I was like, I think I know what that is. So I cooter? retreated back to the car and saw a very. Very large brown bear. Oh, wow. 
or black bear, pardon me. He was brown, though. He looked brown. Mm-hmm. Walk out of the bushes. And he looked like a one that was not going to win a beauty contest. He had scars Ooh. on his faces. Yeah. Um, and he was not uh, at all faces. intimidated by my presence. Like, he... Yeah. He was like, I'm walking that way, whether mm-hmm. you're there or not. I even got in the car and kind of reversed a little bit to sort of let him know, I mean, business. Mm-hmm. And he just... The Mitsubishi Outlander from Applewood Mitsubishi actually uh, <laughs> may have brushed him, may have kissed him a little bit. Oh, really? But yeah, it was a little, uh, little bit of adrenaline. At so we all had our run-ins with animals Furry this friends. weekend. Yes. Absolutely. We are a Vokra family. Vokra is a local animal rescue oh, yes. in Kitsilano. Okay. Our two uh, cats are from Vokra, and so we were able to uh, stop by their exhibit and meet their co-founder, oh, Maria, nice. take some photos and uh, let them know that uh, the two little ones are doing fantastic in our care <clears throat> when they aren't running around in the middle of the night and waking everybody up. Yes. Okay. We got to this poll question, and we're going to ask about the left side tomorrow. Vancouver Canucks, as we know, have a bunch of candidates to fill the third pair on defense. But we're also a little bit inspired by Chris Faber, who has written at Canucks Army about Jet Wu. And Jet Wu saying his goal this year is to play NHL games. Uh, Sorry, his expectation is nothing less than playing in the NHL. And while that may sound far-fetched because you hear the name Jet Wu and you go, oh, uh, second-round pick way back in 2018. Well, take a look at some of the guys who played and played reasonably well for your Vancouver Canucks last year on defense. Guillaume Brisebois. We'd all given up on Guillaume, right? I did a welcome mat early in the year and so wrong, saying, hey, the good news is you won't have to hear about Names like Breezebois this year. Well, he played 17 games and accounted well. Noah Juleson, that's a one-time first-round pick. 26 years old, he stepped in, he played 12 games. College guys, of course, Akita Hirose and Cole McWard. And then, probably the biggest success story of them all, Christian Wolan in a 27, 28 years of age play. Yeah. Stepped in and looked pretty good in 16 games with the Vancouver Canucks. Now, I voted for Tyler Myers because until Tyler Myers is traded, I see Hronik playing in the top four. Uh, I see, um, actually see Ian Cole playing in the top four on the right side as well because he can play the right side as the left shot, likely with Hughes. So I see Susie Hironik, Hughes, Cole, and I see Tyler Myers as the third-pair right-side guy. Of course, there could still be a trade with Tyler Myers, which would certainly open up opportunity for the other names on the list, whether that's Juleson, whether that's McWard, or whether that's Cole um, anchoring his own pair. Yeah, what says you? I, I I'm inclined to say Myers to start, but mm-hmm. I, of course I I'm I'm uh, I've got about a thirty percent probability of a Myers trade still in the month of September. Yeah, I'm flip flopping on that. I, I I think he is tradable once you pay the bonus. I also think that's an awkward time to trade a player. It's very awkward. This we don't see it might, often. No, but this year might be the exception That's with so many yeah. names still out there and teams still trying to sort their salary cap. We talked about this Friday with John Shannon. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I don't really think this management group loves Myers. I know they've been trying to trade him. And yet, by the same token, the aim this year is to make the playoffs. And so are you better off with Myers, at least to begin the season, on your third pair, on the right side. And then if you need to go to Juleson, if you need to go to McWard, if you need to go to Jet Wu or anybody else from the farm, you do so after after Myers has proved himself unworthy of the minutes or when he gets hurt. I, I wonder if there's a trade that's already worked out. That too. We heard a lot of noise. And the reporting there was from Frank Saravelli of Daily Faceoff that San Jose and Vancouver were chats. talking about a yeah. Myers trade. 
As we know, San Jose has moved out Eric Carlson. That's a lot of minutes on the right side that they now have to replace. Now, they did get some defensemen back, uh, including Jan Ruta from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, our, our old friend Kyle Burroughs has signed there mm-hmm. in San Jose and is capable of playing the right side. But, yeah, that, that third pair, both sides, is going to be very keenly watched during Vancouver Canucks training camp and preseason. I think we have a reasonable idea of who's going to be in the top four, but that third pair is quite a competition. Now, also on the Canucks file... And we promise you we're just about done focusing on Puce Suter, but because we spent a lot of time on him last mm. week. But I caught the offside story on seven fun facts about Puce Suter. I'll give you three of them. Then a little trivia, Grady Sass, because I know how much you love trivia. Uh-oh. Do you know his first NHL goals were a hat trick night in his sixth NHL game? Really? Yeah. <laughs> He went five games doing a whole lot of nothing for Chicago and then broke out with a hat trick. Do you know he played with Austin Matthews in Zurich in the Swiss League? Yeah. Coached by who? Mark Crawford. Mark Crawford. Very good. Do you know he was cut at a couple of NHL training camps? The Senators in 2017, the Islanders in 2018 both took a look at him hmm. and cut him. And so he went back to. He went back to Switzerland, which brings me to trivia. When he steps on the ice, Mm -hmm. he will become the fifth Swiss player in Vancouver Canucks history. Who are the other four? Yannick Weber. Lucas Spiza. Very good. Um, Yannick Weber, Lucas Spiza, Sven Berchi. Very good. Blake Price. Missing Um, one. Missing one. Mm -hmm. Uh, wasn't here long, but is reasonably current. Last 10 years. In fact, only played six games with the Vancouver Canucks. It's not like Mark andre Gragnani or whatever his name is. He? No, uh, no, it's not. But it's somebody like uh, that. Is it, is it a hyphenated name? No, it's no. not a hyphenated name. Okay. Grady, no treat. Um, no cheating. No, it's not coming to me. Um, yeah, I can remember. Hmm. Defenseman? It is a defenseman. Yeah. He was acquired for a cult hero forward. Hmm. I don't think I can come up with it. He was acquired for Dale Weiss. Oh, Rafael Diaz. Very good. Good Paul. Good Paul. And if I'm not mistaken, he was traded to the Rangers, played just six games with the Canucks. For a fifth-round pick that turned out Adam to be Adam Gaudet. Yes. yes. So there you go. Remember that deadline when oh. that was the Kessler, everyone thought he was getting traded to, I think it was Pittsburgh? You should have said the most un-Swiss-sounding name. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, I would have to know what a Swiss name sounds like because you've got German the Swiss French. German, yeah. the Swiss French, the Swiss Italian. Yeah. And then I think if you have enough money, you can just buy your way into That's Switzerland, true. Yes. too. Yeah. Uh, As the Vancouver Canucks are telling you on their Twitter account, we're counting down to puck drop in the home opener, season opener, Mm -hmm. against the Edmonton Oilers. Now 51 days. Yesterday I saw they did a graphic. 52 days until puck drop featuring new Vancouver Canuck and Vancouver Islander Matt Irwin. Two days ago, they did 53 more days to go. And I got a note from someone saying... Look at this graphic. And I'm going, what? You're not counting down the 53-day mark until the, with Teddy Bluger? And he said, uh, Matt, look at the graphic. I think they've just Photoshopped Bluger's face onto Bo Horvat's body. <laughs> Took which, his gloves. <laughs> which, fine. I mean, I, I mean, no scandal here, but it is clearly Horvat. I, like, it took us about one minute of investigation. Bluger is a tried and true tongue out of skates guy. Always has been, always will be. CCM stick, Warrior Horvath stick. the tongue in yes. guy. This is a Bauer stick, not a CCM. Yeah. Yeah. Even the tape job is decidedly Horvath. Taped up on the <laughs> shins, I mean. 
Yeah, it's it's bullhorn. This has got Rob the hockey guy written. Yeah, all this, over well, this could be front as, page. My, as my buddy said to me on Saturday, Sunday, whenever he sent it to me, he goes, "Maybe you could have just skipped fifty three days." No, you could do it, but you you can also. They have the technology now of just taking a real picture of Teddy Bluger and making and dressing it, it up, dressing with, it with with Canuck colors and logo. Like you can just you can do that. Graphic designer got a little lazy. <laughs> yeah. We used to do that at TSN, the jersey swaps. Yeah, right? all the time. Mm-hmm. New yeah, player. The all the time. First look in new threads. Yeah. BC Lions, 34 29 losers in Regina against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And who is this? Jake Dola Gallag, because, whoa, talk about throwing the pill. This guy was on point all day in his second Canadian start, his Canadian Football League start. Three touchdowns, 239 yards. Two spectacular catches from Canadian wide receiver Samuel Emelis, one for a touchdown. Vernon Adams winds up throwing for 454, 55 yards, but with turnovers, this was your classic, your two touchdowns back, and you got to mm-hmm. throw it all over the yard. Very difficult day for Lions right tackle Kent Perkins with penalties and pressures allowed. And the irony being, and I was texting with Neil McAvoy, Lions co-GM on Saturday, going, how do you think Chris Schluger is going to hold up at left tackle for an injured Jarrell Broxton? And he said, Schluger's good. He's played there before in Montreal with the Alouettes. It's not his first start at that spot in the CFL. And I think he took a procedure penalty. And in the first half, he was fine. Then things really started to unravel for the Leos. Seven and three, now one game behind Winnipeg. We had talked about how you've got to win this game to keep up with Winnipeg. So now huge, huge stakes if this holds for that early October game here at BC Place against the Bombers. You also, and we talked about this going into the Calgary game last weekend, that if you lose, you sort of, you've let somebody back into the proceedings. And Saskatchewan's now at five and five two games back of the Leos, and they have another encounter left Yeah, not ideal. in the season. So, you know, the Lions season, and they're home to Hamilton. Where's that, where that last Riders game? Is it in Regen or is it here? I know? believe it's here. Those, which, I, mean, I believe it's here. Knowing how well that those that fan base travels, that could be a doozy at BC Place. Yes, yeah, September 29th at Ooh. BC Place, and then the week after, October 6th, home to Winnipeg. That could be a fun week. So those become huge, huge games now for BC. They're home Saturday. It's a 4 p.m. kickoff against the Tiger Cats. And Hamilton will be smarting. They gave Edmonton their first win mm-hmm. of the season. Plus, They may not show up. They may Hamilton be like, we're going to quit the, long, the sport. Hamilton has the long rest here, right? Like they played Thursday night football and BC yeah. played Sunday afternoon. So substantial difference there. We're giving away tickets for the Lions game. Listen to the show. We'll have more details tomorrow here. But Saturday, 4 p.m. BC Place, the Tiger Cats and the Lions, the Battle of the Cats in the Canadian Football League. We'll get to the Whitecaps later in the program. Needless to say, a disappointing result from them. Yeah. Speaking of costly losses, well, that was yeah. a costly loss. Yeah. On the baseball front, first of all, and we talked about the Vancouver Canadians have a 12-game, season-long 12-game homestand that starts tomorrow at Nat Bailey. I'm told as we record this right now, the air quality is good enough that this game would be played today if it was scheduled. We'll check back and see what the case is tomorrow, but it, it's looking good. It's looking better because the seas had them a week in Eugene where they had one game postponed and then they had another game cut short. Yesterday's game cut short after five innings because of air quality. Now, last I read, it's supposed to get better here today, Blake, with some wind and perhaps even a little bit of rain tomorrow helping out helping out yeah, matters. We're just uh, victims to, to whatever the wind is deciding to do, mm-hmm. so we'll see. And, boy, continue to uh, think of and wish the best to everybody in the Okanagan and Shushwap who was dealing with these fires. And then the cruel irony, Blake, down the West Coast. And 
maybe I'm just not quite remembering, but I can't ever remember storms like that in Southern California. Yesterday was only the 18th rainout in the history of Dodger Stadium. Going back 60, and the place looked friggin' submerged, or at least everything around Dodger Stadium oh. yesterday looked submerged. I mean, California certainly knows their wildfires as well. They won't be the getting any years. soon. Um, uh, Palm Springs got the uh, a three-year supply of rain in one, one day. day. I mean, pretty crazy stuff. Well, the, what they say, it never rains in Southern California. It's kind of a yeah. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. It is reality. I mean, they say San this. San Diego will tell you how little rainfall they get a, per year, how the weather is always nice, how the sun is always out. Despite this, they say it would take six more of these years to get Lake Powell and Lake Mead back to where they needed to be. Um, but did you see the water pouring off the cliffs into Lake Mead yesterday? No. It was un- like it was, it was biblical, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, uh, still not quite enough for the uh, decades-long drought they've had. How about the Seattle Mariners? They sweep the Houston Astros. They've won six in a row. They remain in wild card position, a half game back of the Astros for the second wild card, a half game ahead of the Blue Jays. They're eight and two against Houston this year. So they've guaranteed a winning record against their division rivals for the first time in five years. And then there's Julio Rodriguez, who made major league history. 17 hits in four games. It's a new Major League Baseball record. The only other player to have four-plus hits in four straight games is a gentleman by the name of Milt Stock. And, Blake, you know it's an old record when it's a team you've never heard of. Stock did it for the 1925 Brooklyn Robins. I have never heard of the Brooklyn Robins, but they were a team a century ago. I like that better than Orioles. You like it better than Dodgers? Because they became the Brooklyn Dodgers thereafter. Four They're, straight four-hit games, also tied with Miltstock. Yes. There are 12 players in the history of the sport that have had three-plus hits in five-plus consecutive games, and seven of them did it before the Second World War. The only guys to do it, post-WW2... Include George Brett in 1976, Charlie Blackman of the Colorado Rockies in 2019, Jose Altuve, Houston Astros in 2017, the great Rod Carew in 75. So you got a couple Hall of Famers on that list and a guy and a third who might be. J-Rod just absolutely carrying the M's. Now they were dealt a tough and everything's coming up Mariners right now. Their Delta tough break, Emerson Hancock, the rookie pitcher, the third rookie starter of the year for Seattle, has to leave after a couple innings yesterday with a shoulder strain, strain but uh, Brian Wu, another one of those rookie starts. He's feeling good. He's on the comeback trail. He'll be able to step in the rotation. Oh, and by the by, they may get J.P. Crawford, their fine shortstop, back from the concussion list, and he was swinging a very hot bat upon leaving the lineup. So uh, I love old fashioned names. Uh, even with his just Milt Stock or Brooklyn Robbins, those are both old fashioned names. Well, even when the streak was snapped, the forehead streak was snapped, he still got a double in the eight in the seven six win yesterday. So that's eighteen hits in five contests, tied with two others in the Ameri- in American League history. Uh, Joe Cronin, that's fine, nineteen thirty three. Nineteen thirty three a big day for, or a big year for hits. Um Heine Manouche. Heine. Spelt like you would expect, you know, oh, I got hit, I got, I sat on my Heine. <laughs> Is that a given name or a nickname? I don't know. Heine Manouche in 1933 with 18 hits over five games. Blue Jays win two of three from Cincinnati. By the way, did you see that kid Dela Cruz run the bases? Oh, mm. my God. Oh. What a prodigy. Yeah. Speed demon. The Blue Jays have DFA'd shortstop Paul DeYoung. De they acquired him 18 days ago. Whoops. For that a pretty good reliever in that Svan, in that Svanson kid. Andy Dunn thought told me he thought Svanson, the reliever that went to St. Louis for DeYoung, had a chance to pitch in the bigs. Except he's been the anti J Rod. Three hits and forty four at bats hit <laughs> 068 as a blue jay. 
Sounds like my college baseball numbers. Jeez. Did you play baseball in college? One year, Seneca College, baby. And uh, position? Center field, but I should have been in left. My, Center? Oh, my God. My team Hold was awful. Hold on a second. Yes. Are, you guys are, play on a softball like, pitch? Uh, I was about 60 pounds lighter. Sprinting background we're unaware of? My mom uh, won a lot of medals in Carisdale when she was a kid growing up. As a sprinter? Yeah. Oh, wow. I can picture. So you were fast once upon upon a time. time. Yeah, about 60 pounds lighter, yes. But also, how tall are you? Five, ten, and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Covered the ground. Yeah, I don't think the stride of Devon White is what I picture, though, with Grady (laughs) Sass ranging back towards the wall. You don't see Grady going over the head? Willie Mays in the Three lopes to the warning track. Watching Devon White play center field was as graceful oh my God. as any athlete has ever looked playing a position. Just glides. Just gliding. Hovering. It's true. It's like he was a hovercraft. Yeah. It was like he was, was not even touching the ground. He was three steps to anywhere yeah, he wanted to, to be. Yeah. To anywhere. Let's get to today's menu brought to you by De Dutch. De breakfast, de brunch, de lunch. Get it all at De Dutch. Hey, fun interview today with the head coach of the Boston University Terriers men's ice hockey program, former NHLer. Ice hockey, like it. Jay Pandolfo. That's yeah. what they say. Yeah. That's what they. Well, they've got a field hockey they team do, too. Exactly. Yeah. So they got to distinguish. Jay has a couple of Vancouver Canucks prospects under his charge this year. First round draft pick Tom Wielander, the rare Swede who has come over to play NCAA hockey. And then, of course, more locally, Aiden Celebrini. Vancouver Canucks draft pick 2023. And, of course, the brother of Macklin Celebrini, who's also at BU. And the presumptive first overall pick in next year's NHL entry draft. And we ask him, of course, about our old friend Dave Tomlinson. Yes. Boston University legends, who's better, who's best. Well, almost literally, because there was a year gap between them, but Tomlinson effectively handed over his number and scoring title to Pandolfo as he came in. But only one of them was Sniper. (laughs) No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing, Workshop Spirits, and very excited to announce the release of Yellow Dog's very first mix pack, Box of Tricks. Choose between the classic Play Dead IPA, the award-winning Rough West Coast IPA, and two brand new beers, Growl Extra Pale Ale and Tug of War New Zealand IPA, hitting the shelves on Tuesday, November 7th. And at the end of a busy workday, treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the Bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here. Right now. Three years ago today. The Vancouver Canucks beat the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues in the bubble playoffs to advance to the Western Conference semifinals. You remember where you were? You were doing post-game, right? Yep. At the time, there was great excitement about the team's future, especially after that, especially after they extended the Golden Knights to seven games in the next round, losing three buzz in the clincher with two empty netters against. You may remember at different points in that postseason run, Bo Horvath, Thatcher Demko looked like difference makers. Tyler Mott scoring left, right, and center. The market was excited. Then came the letdown. Ownership turned off the taps that offseason to guard against low pandemic revenues. And Canucks fans watched Chris Tanoff, Jacob Marks from Tyler to Foley 
I'll leave for nothing in free agency. The cruel irony for fans being that just when the Canucks were showing signs of competing, ownership threw a wet blanket on the progress. That was after management and ownership were fooled by the 2014-2015 playoff appearance, which made it look like the Canucks still had some run left with those 2011 principles. Narrator's voice. They didn't. They zig when they zag. They zag when they should zig. It's tough being a Canucks fan. In the years since, many have cast shade at those bubble playoffs. Remember Blues head coach Craig Berube admitted his team didn't quite think that the equivalent to their to their run the previous spring. Rightfully so. I mean, they were filled full buildings. They won the Cup in Boston. Even Canucks GM Patrick Alvin has been dismissive of the bubble playoffs. But in the moment, even in late August, with no fans in the building and no gatherings and indoor spaces, allegedly, Canuck Nation was shining. Do you remember how positive it was, Blake? Mm-hmm. We haven't had that feeling since. Three years of the Blues after dispatching them. But that victory, that victory remains the highlight of this decade. And it may be a while yet before the Canucks win two postseason rounds. That's welcome at for today. We invite your feedback, feedback channels as follows on email live at sickharrisonprice.com. You can text 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox on Twitter. I'm at sickharris, at sickharrisonprice. And the welcome at a presentation of Great Clips, the official hair salon of the NHL, 37 salons in Vancouver and the lower mainland. Such a weird uh, phenomena, the bubble playoffs. Um, we did love the programming because remember we were running out of television shows. That's right. So that was the shame in the Canucks leaving the playoffs was, oh, shit. Yeah. There's what are nothing we going to watch now? What are we going to watch here? Everybody had already released everything that was coming up. And Tiger Twitter. King had long been crushed. Yeah. Um, the last dance had long yeah. been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was too bad. Although I still, it was not very satisfying without a crowd. Like, it, you know, it was something. Mm-hmm. And Well, you heard the players' celebrations. Yes. Do you remember? Yeah. So it was very hollow. Yeah, um, because they echoed. Yeah. I also, and I have very, there are some games and moments that I can remember in crystal clarity. I have no recollection of this clinching game against the Blues where Jay Beagle opened the scoring in the first period. Antoine Roussel followed to make it 2 nothing Canucks. Troy Stetcher, Troy from Richmond, makes it 3 nothing Canucks. Brandon Sutter with his second assist of the night. Betzer makes it 4 nothing. Patterson with his second assist of the night. And then Mott with two in the third. One from Beagle and Sutter. It was a three-point night from Brandon Sutter. And incidentally, I messaged with Sutter last week. Fingers crossed for him on this PTO in Edmonton. Beagle with the two-point night. And here was the thing, Blake. It was the second straight two-goal game for Tyler Mott. Mott was good in that series. He had four goals in those two games, games five and six, against St. Louis. But I distinctly remember us talking about the fact that up until that point in the series, there had been no depth support. So you talked about a three-point night for Brandon Sutter. He mm-hmm. had one point in the series going into that game six. Mm-hmm. You talked about the one-and-one one for Beagle. That's all he put up in the series. Mm-hmm. Roussel had one-and-one one in the series. Um, and Mock came up with the two big games to close it out. Up until that point, Patterson with a nine-point series. Miller with a seven-point series. Brock right. Besser had a five-point series. Like and Bo Horvat had four goals in the six games. Well, it was only them, and so well, we we were saying, can somebody else please do something? And ultimately, they all did something on one night. They became the kryptonite for Jordan Bennington. Remember the shine that Bennington had after winning the cup as yeah. a rookie. But and then that next year, Bennington just looked awful. Markstrom out goaltended him for sure. And then we got to the Vegas series, and suddenly Markstrom was hurt, and it was Thatcher Demko's time. And of course, that series, Thatcher Demko. Put his stake in the ground. I'm the Canucks goaltender going forward. They felt good enough about Demko to move on when Calgary gave Markstrom the big the big free agent offer. Anyways, three years ago today, and God, I hope we hit those heights again soon with the Canucks. It's 
It's been too long, and the fans deserve better. Harrison Price from Wall Center, a presentation Applewood Auto Group, and hashtags are the best and worst of Twitter or X. Brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason Dodd Mortgage. Ooh, I just got a glare. No. No? Why would you get a glare? Well, I, I, I thought you were glaring at me because I referred to it as X, and I know you haven't been a huge fan of all the changes. I'm on the website right now. It says Twitter.com. So. Yeah, right. Mm. Still Twitter.com. Yeah. Jason does. Uh, Jason Hominick, Jason Dot Mortgage, and, and we know the market is going through some things that are very confusing these days. Haven't seen some of these things for a while. If you're thinking about buying buying a home, find out where you stand now. Get yourself pre-approved. Don't play catch up. Get to our boy Jason Hominick at Jason Dot Mortgage. Going to lead us off on the golf side of things. At Adam underscore Stanley. More Canadian PGA Tour history. Corey Connors with back-to-back top 10 finishes in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And Nick Taylor of Abbotsford, of course, have made it to the Tour Championship. This is the first time in the FedEx Cup era that more than one Canadian will tee it up in the season finale. And Adam Svensson of Surrey has got to be kicking himself. It has to be. When he teed off yesterday, he was 35th in the FedEx Cup standings. He birdies the first hole. Yep. And you're sitting there going, he's got a lot more golf in front of him than a lot of the other guys who are hanging around the bubble Mm because he had had a very good first three rounds there. Teed off late. Oh, he proceeds to bogey three of the next five holes. Front nine was a disaster. And then couldn't dig himself out of the hole. Played a great back nine. Mm -hmm. It was too deep a hole. Connors, incidentally, is going to start at two under... Taylor, who was a disaster this weekend. Just a disaster. He was 47th out of of 50 players. He was plus 10 on the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. He really backslid over the weekend. He's going to start at minus one. He had pretty good standing going into all this. They're all trying to catch Scotty Scheffler at minus 10. Of course, Victor Hovland with a blistering round of 61 yesterday wins the BMW championship. And I'll, I'll, I'll posit this to you. Are we now going to talk about a big four with Victor Hovland? Uh, we've always known that Victor Hovland has the game. It's whether he putts, and this weekend he putted. Yeah, I think he he absolutely gets invited. Now that he's had a couple of big wins, um, I think he's absolutely invited to the table. Yeah. It was uh, it was fun. I feel bad for Svensson. I mean, mm-hmm. no, so do I. So close. It was it was right there. I mean, Mackenzie Hughes missed out by one spot going into this tournament. You're right. I think Svensson wound up missing by seven spots or something right. like that. But yeah. again, it was there for the taking with a good round. There were some low rounds yesterday. I was sitting there watching it, and it's hard to know the FedEx Cup math. But you're sitting there going, okay, there's a lot of guys at four under. If he could shoot a four under round here today, he did that all week. Though he was crappy on the front nine and great on the back nine all week. Mm. Um, so good on him for fighting back. Uh, on a few of these days and and salvaging the rounds that he did, but in the end, just falls short. But uh, fun event. It was a you know the course was in unbelievable shape. The rough was ridiculous, um, but it made for a lot of fun. And NHL Bruins, Bruins signed Alex Chason to professional tryout agreement. Yeah, he lives on. He's actually not that old. <laughs> Alex Chason is just big and slow, but he's not old. He's 32. He'll be 33 on opening night. Um, And we know he can play the net front on the power play. So he had 13 goals with the Canucks in 67 games, 22 points. Where was he last year? He was in the Wings organization. Mm -hmm. When he was in the AHL, he scored nine goals, 20 points in 29 games, which is not bad. Mm -hmm. And then when he got call-ups, he played 20 games with the big club. He had six goals and nine points in 20 games. Like, that's production. Yep. The guy does put a point. He's your typical quad A player. Yeah, he really is. For the NHL? Yeah. Good luck to Alex Jason. At CBC Olympics, and this came as a lightning bolt, because a few weeks ago we did our our look forward to Paris one year out in the summer games in the French capital. And uh, we talked about some of the different Canadian medal hopes 
I assure you Nanaimo's Ethan Katzberg was not on the list, but he will be now. The Canadian wins the hammer throw at the gold and the gold medal at the World Athletics Championships. It's his debut in the event. He had never competed at the Worlds. He throws a Canadian record 81.25 meters to beat the defending and reigning Olympic champion. His coach, of course, is the legendary Canadian thrower Dylan Armstrong. He's the first Canadian to medal at these athletics championships. He is the most Nanaimo you've ever nanaimo <laughs> Well, and there were two other British Columbians in the final with him, Adam Keenan of Victoria and Rowan Hamilton of Chilliwack. This kid could be fun, Blake. Here is what he said about the gold medal and his coach's advice to him. Take a listen. It was a great competition. Um, yeah, I definitely just wanted to. Uh, it was an ama- it was an amazing competition. Everyone competed very well. I knew it was going to be competitive, um, so I had to get one out on the first throw. Uh, I was able to get 80 meters, which felt boosted my confidence a lot. Um, and then coming into the third round, I knew I had to, you know, go for it. Uh, my coach Dylan Armstrong just told me to just give her. Um, and I was I think I was able to do that, and it was a, an amazing feeling, uh, amazing accomplishment. Uh, yeah, it's it's I mean it's 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 great. Dylan Armstrong's coaching technique, just give her, just give her, <laughs> and and it spoke to Ethan Gatsberg. Do, do you have any advice, coach? Just give her, give her, and in the hammer throw, really? That I, that actually fits. Like, what else are you gonna say? Watch your uh, your pinky toes position mm-hmm. on that last pivot. Uh, more, so he's off to the Olympics next year, and congratulations, Ethan. Uh, more Olympic news: women rug, women's rugby sevens off to the Olympics. First team qualified. The men lost to USA in a winner gets in match, mm-hmm. but they do have a last chance qualifier available yeah. to them next summer. So I would suspect that you're going to see a couple of the Canadian. You were talking about how the 15s program is quite down right now, mm-hmm. and it may be a result of the sevens program rising up. We know the women are in. We think the men could get in. Next summer. Yeah, hope they do. Uh, at BR Football, Spain announced that Olga Carmona's father has died. The World Cup winner was informed of the news following the final where she scored the game's only goal. That's just That is an absolute, mm. um, I mean, I don't know what word to use here. Uh, I, I just can only imagine. The highest this, of highs. This poor young then, lady, exactly. You get off the pitch in a euphoric yeah, euphoric state only to learn that you've lost your dad. I mean, I, the Disney movie, you hope he's there mm-hmm. watching on TV before he passes, but who knows what his condition was at that point. I don't know, but... Um, Hats off to Spain. I, I, I didn't watch the final. I wasn't up early enough or late enough or whatever the yeah. case may be, but I hear there was really not a whole lot going on no. outside of the one goal, and hey... Score one and park the bus and ask the Whitecaps about that last night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they uh, Spain now the reigning world under seventeen, under twenty, and senior champions yeah, a in women's football. That has never happened before on either side of the ledger. So we were wondering which program, and there were many. Blake and Canada was one of them. Would step up step up to be the rival of the United States. In soccer, women's soccer, and thy name is Spain. Well, we, we said this was a risk because Canada showed promise in the early goings of, of true high-level women's soccer, which was, of course, late to the table for a variety of horrible reasons. But when would the soccer nations start to take it seriously? Yes, we have arrived. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, England, I mean, could have been France in the semis too, totally. right? They yeah. lost to the host. At Offside D8, Patrick Roy admits to meeting with multiple teams about potential NHL jobs. He did a French-language interview last week. Blake, he talked about how he has met and interviewed for front office jobs. He was seemed totally at peace in terms of not getting one. Of course, he has stepped down as coach of the Quebec Rampart. He still owns mm-hmm. the major junior franchise and, and, and Memorial Cup winners. Um. He was asked specifically about the Senators, and he said, hey, they've got people in place right now doing a great job. 
But the rumor is is that when the new ownership group of the Ottawa Senators makes its first hire, that Patrick Waugh may well be a part of that. And, Blake, that wouldn't just be a hockey hire. That would be trying to get every Francophone in the community who remains loyal to Le Gloria to come on over and support the Senators. So it would be a marketing move on top of a hockey hire. Makes sense, though. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, one thing about Patrick Waugh, he will bring attention to your club. Yeah. <laughs> That's hashtag. He's like a black hole. The energy just <laughs> disappears towards him, yes. He's kind of like Trump. He's going to get in the news cycle yeah. one way or the other. And that's hashtags for today. Sick Harrison Price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. The Mitsubishi Outlander. Mm-hmm. How's, it, how's it working for you? It's just, uh, it's, I just, I can't gush about it <laughs> enough, honestly. The thing just rides beautifully. The gas gauge itself makes me so happy. It looks extra shiny to me. I know it's brand new, but I, does it shine I've more than other new color. car? Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that is very interesting is it is like a little bit like a video game when you watch mm-hmm. they've got like in the, in the console you've got the gas you got the battery and then you got the wheel uh, sort of emblem and it tells you what's driving you mm-hmm. and then at times if you're just coasting the wheels repowering the battery so it's like a video game you're That's watching amazing. the power exchange and so now it's I, like I'm I'm gonna try to go as far as I can you've, on this tank of gas you've told me get the two the Richmond Audible, Mitsubishi, Applewood, Mitsubishi. It's all good at Applewood. Bodog poll question on opening night. Who will be the Canucks third pair defenseman on the right side? You can vote for Ian Cole, Noah Juleson, Cole McWard, or Tyler Myers. Vote at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog line of the day for me. Canada, France, Friday in the opener of the FIBA World Cup. We've talked about how France has exceptional defensive players. Rudy Gobert, who is every year amongst the NBA's candidates for Defensive Player of the Year, but also the two wings that they have, Evan Fournier, Nicholas Batum, and those guys have forged 10 and 15-year NBA careers, basically because they can defend on the wing. So Canada without Jamal Murray, I'm going under. 165.5 on the total, hoping for a lower-scoring game here on your Bodog line of the day. Our next guest played more than a 1,000 NHL games. He won two Stanley Cups, and he has already won an NCAA championship as the head coach of the Boston University Terriers. It's our pleasure to welcome to the program Mr. Jay Pandolfo. Coach, thanks for making time here today. Much obliged. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of ties to British Columbia now with our program. So, well, indeed, we were just saying, including the blue line, though, will be a lot of eyes on your blue line this year, where Tom Wielander and Aiden Celebrini uh, will man some time. Uh, first and foremost, Coach Wielander. I mean, it is exceedingly rare to see a Swedish player who comes up through the Swedish system make the decision to play NCAA hockey. How are you able to land this player? Yeah, no, no question. Um, you know, we're certainly fortunate that uh, we were able to get get him to come to Boston University and commit to us. We kind of got word that he was considering that option um, through his advisor. So we we started doing some research on him and started doing some work on him. And um, our assistant coach Joe Pereira, who does a lot of the recruiting, ended up seeing him um, last summer and you know got to meet him and then. We took a trip up to see him at the World Junior A Challenge, and you know we really talked to him about kind of what we're doing with development. And to his credit, he just felt like for him, he thought it would be faster to have a chance to get to the National Hockey League through the NCAA route. So he, he felt like we checked a lot of boxes for him, and that's really how it played out. Uh, we ended up building a relationship, and you know we're, we're really excited to have him uh, join us this year. 
I give just it, I just checked the roster of your team, the final team that you played on at Boston University. I didn't see a lot of European players on your last roster as a player. That's a trend that's changing, isn't it, in NCAA? There's more and more that are, are choosing to go this route. Yeah, no question. It seems like more and more guys are coming over. Last year we had uh, Wilmer Skoog, who was from Sweden, um, from a similar area where Willander is, so I think Willander took that into account as well. Um, I think guys from Stockholm especially are, are comfortable in the city. Um, Boston's a little, uh, Boston University is a little bit more of a city campus. Um, the flights from Sweden, Stockholm to Boston makes a lot of sense, so it just kind of all fell into place. Is the perception that it just, you know, getting onto that rink, bigger bodies, that it just it prepares you for the NHL better? Is that the perception you think? I think so. I think that was yeah. part of it for him. He, he just wanted to get used to, to the North American game. Um, he, he thought it would be harder to do that over in Sweden and he'd have more uh, time to adjust when he did decide to come over here. So he wanted to get a head start on it. And I think he, too, and in, in through his advisor, too, realized now there's, there's a lot of players that you know spend a couple of years in college and they do step right into the National Hockey League. And I think that was a big, big plus for, for Thomas as well. Give us the scouting report, Coach. What do you see in Wheelander? Uh, the first thing that jumps off the page is, you know, obviously his skating. Um, his competitiveness, I think, is another big part of it. He, he's a really competitive kid. Um, he's great defensively. closes really quick. His transition game is excellent. So uh, I think he fits the mold of, of a lot of um, NHL defensemen. Now, you want defenders that can close quick and end plays and get going the other way, and I think that's one of his strengths. His, his feet are great, so he can get out of a lot of trouble with his feet alone. Tough question, but how many years do you think he needs before he's NHL ready? Uh, we try not to project right away, but I'm sure if you talk to Vancouver as well, I think they would probably expect two years. Um, you know, I think that's probably fair. Uh, with where he's at. I think coming over here, there's probably going to be a little bit of an adjustment early on for him, but I do think he's going to find his way pretty quickly. So I would expect to have him for two years. Um, you know, it's obviously a bonus for us if we get him for three, but I think yeah. if he's ready to go after two, and that's something we do as well. Like if we feel like a guy's ready, we're not going to try to hold him back. If he's ready to go after two years, then, you know, he's ready to go. BU typically has some really good teams with a lot of talent, and in some cases upperclassmen uh, who take up a lot of the minutes. Give us a, a sense of, of your team this year and how much you anticipate Wheelander and Celebrini will play. Yeah, I think this year, I think last year, um, we weren't as deep on defense as we are this year. I think, I think we we're going to have nine D in our roster, and I think seven are drafted players. So right there it tells you the level of talent we have. Um, the one good thing in college is you can dress an extra player. So you can, whether you want to go 13 forward, 6D, or whatever, however you want to shake out, like or you know 12 and 7. Well, because of the depth we have on D this year, we'll probably go more 12 and 7. Um, but for us, we'll, we'll let the guys sort it out uh, in the first month, see who's going to earn the ice time. And we were pretty fair last year with, with our freshman class where these guys earned a lot of the ice time. And... It doesn't really matter what year you are. If you're going to help us win, you know we're going to play the guys that are going to help us win on that particular night. A lot of schools have rivalries and you know local derbies, if you will, to use the soccer parlance. Um, but how helpful is it for players to to jump into Boston knowing? You know they've got they've got value added. They've got bean pots to play in. Where the, you know there's there's high stakes games uh, more than just the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that. I think it's. Um, you know that's one of the big reasons to come to, to school in Boston to be part of part of the Bean Pod. It, it's it's pretty it, it's pretty good experience for these kids to you know have that type of environment um, and get into it in just a Monday night in February, which is the crazy thing about it. But it, it has a buzz around it. Um, the last couple of years, especially after COVID, it really seems like it's back and it's exciting. The fans are into it. The players are into it. Um, our coach, one of our assistant coaches, Kim Bramble, who actually played at UMass Lowell. Was never really he knew about the bean pot was never really part part of it um this year we get on the bench and the first thing he says to me is all right i get it i get it i get it i get, it. I get why these guys why this is such a big deal so it really is exciting and for us too like we're, at b we try to play a tough schedule where we actually play cornell at madison square garden this year as well and, and cornell packs the place down there so it's another great experience for these kids and it just gets them ready for what to expect at the next level they're going to be playing in these environments every night you got you, you got brand names. You've got famous last names, uh, big time draft picks. What's what's draft picks to come? Even um, 
this is going to be an interesting year for you, I think, isn't it? Uh, given who you've got and, and managing the, the expectations of a lot of young players who, who want to play and want to make a name for themselves. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I can't wait to get started here. We got a couple of weeks before everyone's back on campus, and we're getting going. Um, yeah, I think the expectations for us for a high this year from a team standpoint and from a lot of individual standpoints. So, like last year, I thought we did a pretty good job of just guys buying into you know at some points have to sacrifice a little bit for the good of the team and. I think guys will fall into line that way, but of course you know, we understand too. Individuals want you know want want to have success in certain areas as well. So, you know, we, we make it a competition every day, and if you have th- those type of players that that want to compete for their jobs, usually it ends up working out pretty well. And, and I think the guys understand too that to give up a little bit to win as a group goes a long way. And our guys have seemed to buy into that, and we need to get that buy-in again this year from our guys. We got great rapport on this show with the entirety of the Celebrini family. We've had Rick, Aiden, and Macklin on here over the last few months. We'll start with Aiden, the Canucks draft pick. Uh, we talked to him most recently after he was selected in late June by the Canucks. What do you see in him as a player, Jay? Yeah, first we were we were really happy that he he got drafted. I think he was was maybe a little unsure if he was going to get drafted or not, and for him to get drafted was great. I think number one is his uh, his work ethic is you know off the charts, and I think for him he's going to be a he's going to be a defenseman that's hard to play against. He's going to defend really hard. I think his offense is getting better. I think he's going to keep adding to that. And I think for us here, we're trying to develop players um, in all aspects. Um, some guys might be better defensively to start, but we're going to continue to try to grow those strengths, but also like work on things they need to get better at. And I think for him, he's keep growing his offensive game but not forgetting what's going to make him successful so I think he's got the right mindset and he's really excited you think that Macklin kid will be okay I think he's going to be decent (laughs) yeah he's he's another kid too where at such a young age uh coming in here but for him he already plays such a mature game and I think a lot of people you know talk about that where obviously he's you know, high-end offensive talent, but he but he doesn't cheat the game. He he plays the game the right way on both sides of the puck, and I think that's a little bit rare for younger players that are that good offensively um, not to cheat the game. Um, so that that's the one really impressive thing about him that he really values playing you know 200 foot hockey, um, you know, as a centerman at, at a young age. So that that certainly helps him. Do you think Aiden raises his game because of Macklin? Different positions, and 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 so it's different in that regard. But I wonder what the younger brother being the hot shot of Aiden's like. Hey, I'm not going to get overlooked here. I've got I've got my own game. Do you think he elevates a little bit because of little bro? I do. I, I think yeah. I think they have a great relationship, and, I, and they and they work out together a lot. And I don't know if you're going to find two guys that work harder and, and put more time in. And I think they push each other that way. So I think that's um, pretty unique, and I think it's pretty cool to see. And we, we actually have three sets of brothers on our team this year. We got the Celebrinis, we got the Hudsons, and we have the McCarthys. So that's going to be fun too. I know Rick does a lot of the coaching off the ice, and then more recently a lot of the rehab with Macklin off the ice. But what are you going to tell him about playing in these environments where, let's face it, there will be NHL scouts aplenty with the ice, not just on him but on the entirety of your club? Yeah, I, th- I think for, for our guys, they're, they're used to that. And I think the, the, the kids at the, this level, they, they're used to kind of being in that environment. They know they're always being watched. And I think for them, it's just to try to play your game and not think about it, like stay in the moment. You can't think too far ahead. You can't worry about what's going to happen later on. And that's kind of the, mi- the mindset that our group has, that we just try to get better every day and not worry about what's in the future and, and just stick to the process. And I think that's the biggest thing for these guys to not, to not get ahead of it. Cause you're going to have some ups and downs over the course of the year. And, you know, we try to talk to our guys about not getting too high at certain times and not getting too low, try to stay even keel. Cause really it's about consistency. Can you, can you keep doing it day in and day out? And, and that's the important uh, message for our guys. Big weekend coming up in February for the team around here. Simon Fraser University gets to face you in uh, Boston College. Um, you know, the, these these friendlies, uh, w- what's in it for you guys? Because you, you can bet you get the best out of whoever you take on uh, when you sign up for one of these games. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to have them out. I think it's great for them, great for us. I think for us it's pretty much coming out of our break after Christmas. To I think we're playing them early January. 
So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think for, for these teams to come out and have a chance to play against BC and BU, it, it's probably exciting for them. It's a great environment out in Boston. So we're looking forward to it. For us, it's to get us going again, too, as well, coming off a break. So we, we have typically played a, a Canadian uh, university uh, every year in an exhibition game. So we'll continue to do that. I think it's great. Well, marvelous stuff, Jay. We thank you for the one oh, last, one last question before we let him go. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who, who's got more hardware in the hallways of Boston University? Uh, is it Jay Pandolfo? Is it our good friend Dave Tomlinson? Who do you think <laughs> has more shine in the hallways of the school? I think that's that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, both uh, of you led the team in scoring. Yeah. Um, both of you had your moments. Um, Come on, Pandolfo well, versus Tomlinson. Who wins? Well, we both wore number 17, too. That's, that's Oh, did Tomlinson. you really? Wow. There oh, you yeah. go. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we both wore 17. So, uh, well, maybe we'll have to call it a draw. I'm wait, calling wait. it a draw. I, I have a lot of respect for him, and he's, he's a great man. So. Let's, let's put you both on skates again and see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> let's pick that up. But did you have a cool nickname like Sniper? I did not have that. He definitely, ah. no question he wins the nickname game all day gotcha. long. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Uh, Jay, marvelous stuff. Thank you for the time here. We wish you and your program the best of luck, and we'll be checking in and watching all the BC ties there this year. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Carson Price from Wall Center, presentation Apple at Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. This is going to be great. Caps were not great last night, although they were the better side. Can we argue that? Well, I mean, possession, shots, all of it. And not was, by a slim margin. No. 59% possession, shots 19 Jeez. to 4. Oh, I had three, but you may have different stats. The than only me. shot on goal, like Yohei Takoka faced one shot. Mm-hmm. It was the one that got behind him. beat him. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they, they should have been up 3 0 at the break. They weren't, mm-hmm. and it cost them. Cordova, White, Vite, Atacube, they all had their Shops. chances. Yeah. Shop. 8 1 was the difference on Atacube target. Atacube off the post. Yeah. That's what I mean. 8 1 on target was the difference. You have 19 4, I have 19 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richie Larea, Sam Atacube, the two Canadian internationals added in the most recent transfer window. They both play. In fact, Atacube comes on for Larea. Both noticeable. Mm hmm. Here's the problem. Vancouver's now dropped to eighth place in the MLS West. Now, they still have a game in hand against the two teams that they are chasing immediately, and that's Austin and Houston. And if they were to win this game in hand, they would jump both of those teams. Now, sadly, San Jose has put some distance here. We talked about the stakes. A direct competitor, the Earthquakes were, are heading into this. Of course... Now they go on the road for seven straight starting Saturday in Portland. That is, of course, a Cascadia Derby, a rivalry, and the Timbers are desperate, Blake. Twelfth in the West, four points back of Vancouver. We're effectively talking must win for Portland here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the seven-game road trip uh, does have winnable games on it. Mm-hmm. Um Portland is flailing. It was just the third home loss, incidentally, for the Caps this year in MLS play. On this road trip, they've got Chicago, Mm -hmm. they've got Portland, they've got Colorado, and they've got Toronto. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Portland and and Colorado being the Western teams that, you know, those take on heightened stakes. Like last night's game, like even a draw... Oh, I know. Prevents San Jose from leaping up, right? So mm-hmm. it's not so much the point got, that you get; it's the two. It's the two that you're stripping away from San Jose. And hell, if the Caps had won last night, they'd be in fifth place right now. I know. Two points back of fourth with two games in hand uh, on the Sounders. On the Sounders, I say Colorado, but they're dead last in the West. They may not factor the rest of the way. No, but it, September thirtieth, folks, is the next yeah. time Vancouver plays at BC Place. And as we know, there has been a pretty stark home road split with this club, not just this year, but really in its MLS history as well. How'd they get out of the game? Do you know if uh, anybody has got a knock or anything? Mm, No, Uh, we'll just see what um, 
we'll see what Gall, how Gold responds yeah. to the the little bit of action that he got. Um, They're kind of a different team. I, they played well last night, but yeah, but, I mean, that's God, for the, you need Ryan Gold. The first half was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need those those players with all those chances in that first half to score one. Mm-hmm. Um, Shuff's got to do better from point blank range. Um, mm-hmm. Cordova charging into the box. Um, he, he's a feeble little left foot. He's got to score. Are on you those. still feeling though that Cordova is on the upswing? That we're still oh, yeah. going to see more yeah. better of from him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, God, he looks the part. And the, the second half shot in the 60th minute, there a cannon off of the backside of Shuff. It's just an unbelievable save by Danielle. Like, mm-hmm. like yep. That was a Max Crapo. Remember Max Crapo used to just steal points for the White Caps? I was going to say. Danielle just did that. Man of the match. For, oh, yeah. For, uh, yeah. Well, for San Jose and otherwise. Errors and omissions from Friday's program, and Colin in planning is wondering whether we set a record for the fastest entry. A live mic during the intro where Grady says, we're rolling. Oh, that made and it. And then the show starts. That yeah. made it, huh? Yeah. yeah. For an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Before oh. he fixed it. Good ear calling in planning. We've put him down. And how could it not be a record? It is the very first word of the show, and it's incorrect. <laughs> We've been remarking on the uh, the activity of the third mic in the, uh, in the show. And he got first word on the show. That'll learn him. Too much power. B in North Vancouver also shouted it out, too. Oh, thank you, B. Anything else, Grady, or was it one and done there? <laughs> Nada. That that's was a big it, one. That's all. <laughs> that was a big one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There is a legendary story, and I will not name names, about a producer at the old 1040 throwing to a pre-taped interview. Mm-hmm. It was not edited, and so you have the preamble of the host chit-chatting with the guest and getting them ready, oh. including a countdown, three, two, one. After that interview ran with the preamble, the host took a beverage and threw it across the studio towards the producer. I thought you were going to say he left his mic so on. So just know you're getting off easy here. <laughs> Good thing there's a glass yeah, window. Yeah, we can't actually hit him. We can't actually <laughs> just hit close him. the door. Bodog line of the daytime with Blake Price. Bodog, your source. Free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Who you like, what you got. So Bodog allows you to bet on the Tour Championship with and without the strokes. Because, of course, you got the sticky FedEx Cup right. starting well, strokes. Well, you say it's sticky, but what it's meant to do is normalize the scoreboard so we all know who's going to win the Tour Championship. I much prefer it this way than the old way where you've got people calculating the FedEx Cup, which right. is different than yeah. the actual winning of the tournament and it incentivizes you to climb the ladder of the fedex cup points race right because you get these advantages that being said you get such great value on the guy with the hottest of hands victor hovland to win the tour championships at plus 500 yeah he's starting eight under if i'm not mistaken yeah so I mean, just two off just two off i mean mm-hmm. is the overwhelming favorite getting to of 10 course. under plus 150 but for hovland Plus 500? I like it. Have you seen what Scheffler continues to do? Strokes gained to mm. degree. Like he's in a class by himself. Yeah. It's Tiger-esque. It's Jack-esque. Yeah. And when he putts and when he's good around the greens, he's really difficult to beat. You almost need to do what Victor Holland did yesterday and shoot a 61. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to... Subscribe to us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcasts. And then please do follow us on social. That's Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Of course, support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.